Crawl Space listeners. How's it going? Hopefully you are staying safe during this crazy time. Well, we wanted to let you know that we are doing a bonus episode per week. And here is episode one of what we're calling the Gossip Pod. And we talk a little bit of crime. We shoot the crap. And in this particular episode, we told some stories of how we were both mugged at one point in the past. And we'll have guests on too next week as it becomes a little bit more comfortable for us to do technically. And this was also recorded live on Facebook. So you can check it out at facebook.com slash crawlspace podcast. And again, we will be doing them weekly. Not sure exactly when we're going to do the next one, but follow our social pages and we will let you know when it's going to go live. Thanks a lot, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Hey there, here we are on the Gossip Pod, live on Facebook. What is going on, everybody? I am Tim Polari here being joined virtually by my friend Lance Reensterna. Lance, how are you? What's going on? It's uh, Can we call this, so this is a Gossip Pod, but are we in the middle of a, is it a pod-demic? Can we call what we're doing a pod-demic because, because of the... Uh, the, the state of the world. I don't see why not. All right. Well, good to be here during this pod-demic, doing our best to entertain the folks that uh, are, are self-quarantining. Uh, so, yeah, gossip pod <laughs> coming at you live. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy time to be alive. It's, uh, it's a crazy time to be working. I mean, you know, we're we're lucky in that we have jobs where we don't have to go to Wormtown to record. Um, and yep. so we figured this out by the good graces of uh, the Lord John Lorden. <laughs> by the, <laughs> literally by the good graces of the Lord. <laughs> John Lorden. John Lorden, of course, from uh, from Brain Scratch fame on YouTube. He's a very popular YouTuber and uh, does a couple podcasts as well. Crime after crime being one. And he helped us out with uh, this technical configuration because it's way more complicated than I would have thought. He's setting up two video streams from or from two different locations. We had never done that before. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, still right now, I feel like we're sort of uh, maybe maybe paddling in a boat that's got a slow leak. <laughs> well, it took us about a half an hour to figure out the uh, the situation here technically today, right before we started going. So there is a very good chance that we experience more technical difficulties and have to quit uh, very quickly. Yeah. But, uh, but, we'll... <laughs> but but we'll we'll keep going as 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 best we can. <laughs> we do okay, have I just, a little. I just took a I took an ominous picture of of this, so I'm gonna. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, tweet tweet that out if you don't or if you don't I'm gonna, mind. I'm going to tweet this out. Feel free. I'm sure I can't see the screen, but I'm sure we have thousands of people who are commenting right now. <laughs> no comments yet, but Rebecca Se- Sebastian has just joined. How you doing, Rebecca? Oh, and Angel is in the chat room. What's up, Angel? Oh, what's up? All right. So, really what we wanted to do today is just connect with our audience, our friends, our fans. You know, we're all in this together. And everyone's having different different experiences to some degree. You know what I mean? And yeah. one thing we started doing on Twitter today in preparation for this uh, Facebook Live was was tweeting some polls out. Say, what are you doing during the quarantine? How is this? How are you handling your boredom, essentially? Because a lot of people can't work. A lot of people are stuck home with their spouses, with their kids, um, their you know, their situations, everyone's situation is thrown amok these days. Yeah, exactly. And people did not have enough time to prepare for this. You know, the the average person does not have enough time to formulate in their heads what they need to get by for anything more than a week, I would say, with before you, you realize like, okay, we, I don't even know how to ration. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now we have to start rationing unless you want to go out to a supermarket and, and, uh, risk being uh, exposed to something, and it, it, right. doesn't it sound ridiculous? I mean, it does. Like, yes. Are we having? Is the, did I really just say that sentence? I know. Like, like I, I, I am learning how to ration my food right now because <laughs> I'm not sure if it's safe to go to a supermarket down the street. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if you like were in a coma for. You know, God forbid we're in a coma for like a month or something. You woke up, you'd be like, you know, send send me back, or you know, this is uh, you know that that's this yeah. is just a bad dream. 
I, I wake up every morning and it feels like, okay, I, I'll look at the news. Like maybe, maybe I, I wake up in a reality where the virus isn't a thing. Did you read about the group of people that went on a, I forgot where, it was on a on a camping and rafting trip, and they were gone for like three weeks. I think it was like twenty four days they had planned to go, and they they pretty much cut themselves off. That was the intent was to go out and just cut themselves off and and yeah. raft around and camp. And then they came back to this. They had no idea that it was happening, and they came back to this. Unreal. Yeah. Could you imagine that? That's like a nightmare. Yeah. That's 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 you know it's like it's not like a twenty four days later type nightmare, but. Minus the minus the rage virus, you know, it's close. Yeah, I mean that was that was a zombie outbreak, but yeah, I mean it's definitely reminiscent of that movie uh, specifically. Twenty eight days later, where uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Times Square that were completely empty, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's eerie. It's, it's like everywhere. I am legend, you know. It's like uh, it's like yeah. apocalyptic. It feels like it, it a little bit, but there are moments where everything's completely normal. You know, you laugh where. We're doing normal things. You try to feel normal again. <laughs> um, yep. I I don't know. I feel like people are kind of dealing with it okay. Uh, you know, trying to enjoy their lives where they can, however they can. I I do like. I am amused at some of the the memes and things like that. Like the comedy that's coming out of this so far. I I will say I'm amused by. Um, I gotta say I'm I'm with you on that. I'm really <laughs> impressed by that. So impressed that I I am surprised when I see these and I'm like wow I, how do these people think of these things like I don't think of these things I think I'm kind of a funny person but I I would never think of these things <laughs> some yeah. of the memes that come out yeah I'm Astro Hilton specifically doing some really funny ones uh, it's just I don't know I you know this isn't gonna kill everybody it's definitely gonna kill some people unfortunately you know and. God knows, we we could be some of those people for all we know, or, or your friends or your family could be, you know? Chances are we yeah. might be, you know, not us, but I mean, someone, you know. I mean, it's not to get too fucking depressing, but Jesus Christ. Lance, <laughs> are you, uh, <laughs> anyone listening in on Facebook, is Lance uh, blank? Can you see am I white at this point? Yeah, am right, I just a white screen? <laughs> right now, to me, you are. I don't know if that's being uh, portrayed out there to the uh, people, though. Uh, Michelle Kazuba just joined. What's up, Michelle? And Angel is in there. So uh, we do have some some watchers, some viewers right now. Um, but maybe you, maybe we can't see you. Can can yeah? I mean, not not like that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, <laughs> no, it is. It is the worst thing in the world. It is the wor- the worst thing in the world. <laughs> All right. I just tweeted that we're live on Facebook. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they can see you. The, the people out there. Uh, Lance is a faceless square, says Michelle uh, Casaba. Although uh, I will say, right as she said that, you're back. Well, <laughs> <laughs> not the first time I've been called a faceless square. <laughs> really? Jeez. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I took a I, God. I took a picture, and it's just like, oh, not happening right now. <laughs> there you go. You're gone again. So we'll we'll just I'm deal with again. it. I think you're gonna pop in and out. It's probably like. Like, depends how much I move the computer, I feel like. I don't know. But, Lance, we were doing some polls this morning on Twitter, and one of the poll questions we had was, will crime take a break during the quarantine? Because, uh, as we discussed, um, there are several, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, like, self-quarantining at this point, whether they're sick or not. And I think we're both in that category where we don't have symptoms, but we're just staying home to try to be safe. Yeah. And the question was, will crime take a break during the quarantine? What, what do you think the results would be? Uh, well, I, I'm, I, I kind of know the result. Ah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, do you want my personal opinion then? Sure. Instead? No, I don't. You don't think crime will take a break? No. Really? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think eventually it'll... Uh, It'll it'll increase. Oh God! Yeah. Thanks for. Well, I I feel. Don't you feel like it'll be like an escape from New York type situation? Or no, I don't think uh, so. <laughs> no, it, I mean, in like I mean, five Christ, years, we're going to be like the Warriors. For Christ's sake, I hope not. <laughs> the and the Warriors took place in in uh, you know a non post apocalyptic. Uh, time, but oh, no, the Warriors was like a yeah, it was it was post apocalyptic? No, it was just a bunch of gangs in New York. 
I think you need to revisit that movie. Oh, I've seen The Warriors. Let, let's hear. <laughs> I've seen it several times. Let's hear. Uh, let's see uh, what what our uh, friends on Facebook say. Anyone? I don't think The Warriors is post post apocalyptic. It's just in in I, a weird uh, v- like version of New York City that never really existed. You could call it no, sci fi. I, I think that it happened in. I, they never directly say what happened to put New York City in the post-apocalyptic state, but it is post-apocalyptic. Is it really? Fuck. Hmm. Well, let's see what the people say. <laughs> well, I hope everyone out there listening is feeling well, and uh, certainly if you're not, please stay home, uh, self-quarantine as much as you possibly can. We did hear our friend Chris Duet has the flu, uh, so he sent in a late-night email um, to his Patreon uh, supporters. Chris Duet of Criminal Perspective, of course. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Do we believe him that he has the flu? I hope it's the flu at this point. You know, not yeah the virus. You know the the COVID. Christ Almighty. Well, um, most people on the poll, I will say, said that uh, crime would increase or um yeah, or, or not yeah, take I a break that. actually. Yeah. Uh, and you know these polls maybe weren't worded perfectly, but um but they got the point across. And uh, so no way, 57% of, of uh, crawl space viewers on Twitter said, no way crime will not take a break. Uh, 42% said, yeah, a bit, a little bit of a break. That was what I voted. I, th- I was hoping, yeah, a bit. I think we might in that, be in that lull now. Obviously, like to your previous point, like if things like go on for longer, that then violent crime will definitely increase. And that would be, very tragic. So I really hope that does yeah. not happen. Well, I mean, to the, uh, not to get too deep into it, but in order to get to that point, you know, we kind of joke about it. I really don't think that the, the world's going to turn into the warriors. But to get to that point, that means that there has to be some sort of, you know, dismantling of government. So, you know, it just there there can't be any more like balances, any more checks and balances. People have to be running amok and it's a free for all. And, you know, martial law has to be declared. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in is another poll. In your opinion, will there be more divorces or babies conceived during the quarantine? Sixty-one. <laughs> I think just. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think historically speaking, uh, it's the babies. Yeah. Anytime there's been something like this, people tend to, you know. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I wish you weren't a white square. <laughs> oh no! You just did. Well, the people who use their imagination. You just, you just did that. <laughs> but only with a crawl space pen. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Give me the results. Hit me with the results. The results are 61.1% said more babies, 38.9% said more divorces and really I feel like however you vote could potentially depend on your personal experience right now, but You mean your like your personal situation? Yeah, you know, like some, you know, maybe someone's in a fight with their spouse right now or, you know, you're you're stuck home with the, you know, uh, I don't know. Someone you really love and it's great. So you're in a fight with your spouse. <laughs> there has been some talk of that on Twitter um from some friends of yeah. the show. So, uh what movies and TV shows are you binging during the quarantine? Lance, why don't you tell us first cuz you commented here. I did. I've been uh, really fascinated by the uh, show Devs on uh, Fox on Hulu. So I, th- I think it premiered like it, it, it's shown on, on uh, not Fox, FX mm-hmm. on, on Hulu. But um, what an incredible show made by the same guy who did uh, Ex Machina. Oh, I love and... Ex Machina. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, like the performances are just like absorbing. Well, you just get like wrapped into this world. It's gorgeous too. Hmm. Uh, the the sh- the cinematography is beautiful. I haven't seen it, and I it's get, like check it out. Yeah, I read a I read in a, a review, and it said that it wasn't a sci fi uh, story. It was a suffocating horror, and I thought that that was just brilliantly uh, a, a brilliant descriptor of it. And that's what it, it is. It is. It, it it suffocates you. Yeah, you get like so like hypnotized by it it's so good wow okay i might have to check that out you love hulu you're all over hulu i have loved hulu since uh since it (laughs) since its inception (laughs) i do love hulu it is weird how i feel like some people gravitate towards certain uh streaming services uh over others you know 
I, I just like to point that I know. out every time you mention yeah. Hulu. <laughs> well, what are you? You're a big. You're you're like a Netflix guy, right? Yeah, I do Netflix. I do Sling. I do uh, Vudu um, for any new releases. We'll rent through there. Prime Video. Hulu's probably like fifth on my list. Um, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I have. I'm still borrowing someone's password on Hulu, actually. <laughs> Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Dave. Shout out Dave, uh, who makes uh, borrowing his password. This is illegal. <laughs> that's that's technically a felony. Really? Oh shit! You, you could go to jail. Well, uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so good. Esther Hilton on Twitter says the only correct answer is Pan Man. <laughs> well, that just goes without saying. A lot of things go without saying. Pan Man is what you should be watching at least to start and end your day. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Pan and Man, and while you're cooking, yeah. For those who don't know, for the one in the audience who doesn't know, Pan Man is uh, is a very very independent movie that uh, that me and some friends made like ten years ago. It is on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. You can stream it for free if you're a Prime Video uh, or a Prime uh, member. And uh, it's it's a horror comedy, but it's really goofy and low budget. Um, but with that said, some people really like it. You know, I, I get random emails uh, probably once a month or maybe a little less from from people I don't know who find it on Amazon Prime who say that they they really like it because it's it's really silly. I can't I can't stress that enough. Well, you know I'm a fan. I do of uh, of of um, Pan Man, and even to the point where any place I live, the DVD copy is in my kitchen in some, some, somewhere. So it's, it's like tucked behind the wine rack or something enough where if you're in there and you kind of caught a glimpse of it, it would, you'd raise an eyebrow. You said it doesn't look like a kitchen item. It looks like a DVD. Yeah. What the um, hell is that? Yeah. But it's like a talisman. It's like my kitchen talisman. And, uh, there's a, so you can get it on Amazon prime, but if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Crawl Space Studios, Wormtown, USA, <laughs> you can get the signed copy for, I think it's up to $8,200 now. <laughs> it keeps going up. Yes, that is true. Well, it keeps, yeah, the value keeps increasing. <laughs> so we've got some new uh, new friends in the chat room. Jason Watts is in there. What's up, Jason? How you doing? What's up? Yeah, and uh, let's see. Street crime robberies will probably go down, but there is always a possibility, for instance, domestic violence to increase. Oh, that's an interesting point uh, from Michelle hmm. Kazuba. Wait, and, what was uh, the point? Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- that absolutely. was sorry, I uh, jumped right back into that. Um, that was about uh, will crime increase or decrease during the quarantine. Um, Angel right. and, says, and she said that she said that uh, domestic violence would increase. She says that there's a chance of that, and but she thinks street crimes and robberies, at least temporarily, will go down. Let's see here. Angel says they shut the rest stops on the turnpike down because people were stealing toilet paper. Got to get that toilet paper somewhere. Isn't it crazy how these things just get into people's heads? Yeah. Are you, are you hoarding toilet paper as well? No. 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 Why? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. But it gets into people's heads that they have to they have to get toilet paper. I was reading these um like BuzzFeed lists and it's uh like the the top fourteen assholes of the apocalypse. And it's <laughs> the people that have, you know, thirty two dozen uh cartons of eggs in yeah. their in their shopping cart. Yeah. Or or the you know <laughs> there's a great video uh, I think on Reddit where um in a in a department store that I'm not going to name, they they have one of those pallet jacks and they wheel it out, and it's all uh, shrunk wrapped, mm-hmm. shrink wrapped, uh, with toilet paper, and all of the people, all of the people in the store come over to the pallet jack with the with the toilet paper, and they start pulling the shrink wrap off and they start grabbing the toilet paper uh, containers, and in the background, instead of the audio that is there for you know the actual audio, they replace it with like probably something from Walking Dead where the zombies are eating like a person or something yeah. and then it's all these like zombie sound effects <laughs> as these people like yes. grabbing the toilet paper it's amazing yeah it is a weird time um but yeah people can still be funny that's that's good um it doesn't it doesn't feel like it comes supernaturally but there are moments where things are normal and uh here on twitter we asked um everyone what they're watching kim says the good place is a great show sprinkled with uh interesting philosophical and criminological perspectives criminological okay 
Also, Shit's Creek she mentions, uh, which I like. As you well. had Shit's Creek on there too, right? Shit's Creek is really funny. Um, it's great. I, yeah, yeah. Just started really watching it again last night. Um, had watched a little bit of it, maybe just one episode, I think, in the past, and it was like this is really funny, and just never went back to it for no reason whatsoever. And last night, felt myself wanting uh, something light, and uh, it was very funny. It's a very funny show. And I was so happy when I saw that you wrote Shit's Creek because I did the same thing like a year ago. I, yeah. I watched one episode and then for whatever reason, I didn't go back to it for months. And then when I did, it just clicked. And it was uh, it's such a great show. It is if you if, show. if people out there want something light and funny, uh, we've been watching in this household uh, Letterkenny. Also on Hulu. What is that? Check out Letter. <laughs> you love Hulu. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm, I'm fully expecting Jordan Bonaparte to have a, a cameo in it. They actually talk about some uh, like true crime podcasts in it. Really? Is it, yeah, it's it takes place in Canada. Yeah. It's about the uh, small town called Letterkenny, and it's uh, the like the the Hicks, the the Stoners, and the uh, the Jocks, and it's all of their it's all of their problems. It's so funny. Okay, <laughs> sounds interesting. It's a Hulu thing, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, anything I'm going to talk about. Will <laughs> Terry says Chicago PD. Uh, Helena Handbasket says last podcast on the left. She says I even listen to the old ones. Oh, um, good for you. Yeah, yeah. Pardon us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Cantor joined in the chat room. What's up, Chloe? How What's you doing? Up? Am I still a white box? You are now. You you keep going in and out. Yeah. This is oh, okay. uh, yeah. So there's moments like of uh, where people can see you in that wonderful T-shirt uh, called I know called Gossip uh, Gossip Pod. These were designed by Crawlspace Media. You are you should be receiving yours soon. I can't wait. Uh, Chloe says you should be receiving it during this call. Oh, well, I mean during this uh, live stream. I think the mail already came in this uh, household, but it's coming by helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe says she misses us. We miss you too, Chloe. And she says where TF is Lance. I agree. I don't know. Which one's Chloe? Chloe is... <laughs> Chloe Cantor. She's obviously at one half of oh, the True right. Crime Twins, uh, one of the hit show, one of the many hit shows on our Crawlspace Media Network roster, and uh, her twin sister, wow. Melina. They do a great show. Uh, they do it twice a month. True Crime Twins. Big, uh, big props to Chloe. She uh, recently gave birth and uh, got right back on the uh, the true crime horse. Ugh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> she recently had a child six months ago or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, never missed a beat. How Good is how is your beautiful child, Chloe? I hope I hope all is well. It seems like maybe uh, maybe she's home um, too. Maybe we should get her on one of these at some point uh, soon. Uh, we do intend to do more of these. Um, hopefully, the technical aspect of it will become a little easier as we go, and Lance won't be a white box next time. It just could be that I'm too powerful for for Facebook to, you know, digitally comprehend. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's actually really. I saw good. some uh, tutorials on it uh, <laughs> on how to fix it. Um, well, I did read an article this morning, Lance, in, um, let me take a look w what publication it was in, but it was in a, uh, a Boston, a Boston news publication. And there was, there was, um, there was like a, a robbery last night. This is from W oh, in East Boston. Yeah. W H D H.com in East Boston last night where uh, your old studio was six people were arrested in connection with a violent armed robbery. Actually, this is Monday night. Uh, officers reported uh, in the area of Lexington Street around 845 where a victim said he was trying to walk into his home when he was approached by eight to ten males, four of whom pulled out knives and one of them put a gun to his head while they stole his property. And as they spoke to the victim, police said they saw a group of people leaving a home on Saratoga Street suddenly run away when they saw the officers. One of the uh, suspects was caught, and the remaining suspects were later identified and arrested. A firearm, two knives, and the victim's property were allegedly recovered. And all are expected to be arraigned in East Boston District Court soon. The ages range from 15 to 21. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, uh, Is this boredom? The, yeah. I don't know. There's, there's one 15-year-old. There are two 16-year-olds who are obviously not named. And then there's a 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 19-year-old. Yeah. What are you doing? You're 21 years old. Like you're the 21 year old, and you're hanging out with 15 year olds robbing people. 
shaking people down. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't help think it's more out of boredom, I feel like, you know. Like what? What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe maybe the, the those kids would have uh, would have been robbing people anyway. I don't know, but jeez, just seems. Yeah, uh, it, I I hope I you know that that area has done so much to try to uh, limit the violence. Mm-hmm. That area was a particularly violent area at one point, and you know they're doing a lot to try to work with the community and rebuild it and and properly educate people. And then you get crap like this. It's just. Yeah, it's yeah, disturbing. Kids, yeah, you know, kids. Um, Lance, I wrote down here on the show sheet that we could tell our own stories of the times we were mugged um, on this uh, on this Facebook Live session to kind of mix it up a little bit and connect with our audience. What do you? How do you feel about that? Oh my, oh my! I I wasn't mugged. I know this has been a tease forever, but <laughs> yeah. You uh, you have a good story. Why don't you you do yours, and then if I'm feeling right, if I'm feeling good, I'll. I'll do mine. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So me and two friends were leaving. I believe it was the Green Briar in Brighton, uh, Massachusetts. This must be back in like the year 2001. My God, friggin' 19 years ago or something. But uh, we were probably like 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that range. And we were, we got, we got drunk uh, and we were walking down the street back to my friend's apartment who had just moved to that area. And there was a shopping cart in the street, and as as some drunk uh, idiots do, maybe maybe one of them hops into the shopping cart, and maybe uh, maybe two of them even hop into that shopping cart and get uh, oh. pushed down the street by the other one. And uh, so that was one thing that happened. But we also saw. Can you divulge who who uh, <laughs> was the pusher and who was the uh, the riders? I was definitely a rider in that scenario. I, I recall. Okay. I recall okay. quite clearly, um, but. I I also remember seeing like what kind of looked like the end of a house party where there's some people hanging outside of uh, of a residence in, in the yard kind of near the gate and the lights are on in the house and it seems like, you know, there's a bunch of people in the house and things. And we were like, oh, we should uh, go see if those guys have some weed, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, our, probably our second mistake, the shopping cart maybe being the first one. Well. And uh, bad decision. I'd say shopping carts, bad decision. I wouldn't say full blown mistake. The the uh, decision to ask these people for weed is probably you could categorize that in the mistake column. Yes. Um, but there was a, a healthy transaction that took place. I think we gave them a ten dollar <laughs> bill and they gave us a little bag of uh, catnip. Yikes. And we were like, okay, great. See you, see you guys later. And uh, we just kept walking down the street. And then about five or six of them followed us and then ran up to us. We didn't even get far, maybe like three or four houses away. And uh, I remember getting like turned around and like thrown up against a fence. And so my back was kind of like against the fence. I remember one of my friends just took off like a bat out of hell, just ran, sprinted. And, uh, and there was really no option for me to do that at that point. Um, and also uh, there was a guy with a, a big knife, um, that he pulled out, right. He might've been the guy who threw me into the fence is a little, little hazy, but how big a, was the knife? It was a large blade. I want to say the blade itself was, was, uh, at least like six or eight inches. He put it right up to my stomach right here and like pushed, pushed in, not hard enough to cut me, but pushed it. So I felt it. And now is this a, is this like a, sorry, is this like a. Uh, a utility type knife or a hunting knife or like a steak knife or like a, did he grab it? Did it seem like he grabbed it from the kitchen No. or is it something more where he pull out from like a, like, like a sheath or something from his belt? No, not that either. Nothing from his kitchen. Maybe more of like a hunting knife or some like a buck knife or something like that. I'm not exactly like sure. A buck what, kn- okay. There we I'm go. not exactly uh, sure what kind of knife it was, but scary moment. And, uh, and so what happened was one kid took, like, took my wallet out and took the, the cash out of my wallet and then gave me the wallet back and I put it back in my pocket or maybe he did. I don't remember. He took my watch and my car keys. And then the guy with the knife came back, uh, towards me and he said, did we get, did we get everything? And I was like, yeah. And uh, he's like, you got your wallet still. He, and, uh. I was like, they already took the money. And he was like, I should cut you for that. He thought I was lying to him. And he put the knife like right up to me. And I remember his eyes like, and it was, it was a very scary moment. He said, I should cut you for that. I was like, I didn't even lie to you, man. <laughs> like, uh, hmm. you know, and uh, luckily 
the altercation ended very quickly after that. And uh, um, Chloe says justice for Tim in the chat room. <laughs> and uh, so actually, Chloe, we're getting to that point um, because there, there was justice here. And we went back. We I, I actually I think we like walked around the block. There was like a local police station really close. And we went in there and told them what happened. And we excluded the part where we bought weed. Where you bought marijuana from them, yeah. <laughs> and we were just like, yeah, then we gave them a description of the kids. And um, we sat in the police station for like 10 minutes, and they came back. The cops came back in there, and they were like, yeah, we got him. Here's is this your stuff? We're like, yeah, that's our stuff. Like, that's great. And uh, they said that they were walking around the neighborhood <laughs> clicking my car keys, my alarm, to try to find what car it is to steal the car. And the, and the police found them. Yeah. That's impressive. I know. And um, is that the Medford PD? No, that was that was some kind of Boston uh, Boston PD precinct, some somewhere in Brighton. I'm not exactly sure where. We're oh, in, okay. We're the closest one to the Greenbrier. Oh, that's right. You're at the Greenbrier. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, wow. Well, shout out to some precinct in in Boston. You know, because how easy would it be for them to see police, even if the lights go on, and just run and and get lost in the mix out there? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, they probably tried. I don't know. Um, yeah. But. What was great was we got all the cash back, including the $10 that we paid for the dime bag. And they never took the dime bag. So at the end so of got- at the end of the transaction, we stole $10 of weed from them. Ironic. <laughs> Ironic. Oh, that is the best. That is justice on all levels That's right there. The best. And and we smoked yeah. some of that uh as the sun was rising in my friend's backyard in the like apartment little complex there. Oh my god! As you should have. Yeah, it's like, the nerves must have been through the roof. Yeah, it's like five a.m. We're like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we right. did actually go to um, a grand. I actually did participate in a grand jury about that um, because that guy who had the knife had some priors, and um, and so they were actually trying to put that guy away. And I might have stood in the way accidentally, though, because. When testifying in front of this grand jury, this is like a boardroom, you know, this wasn't like a, like a courtroom setting. This was like a conference room table. And yeah. I, and I was laughing like, cause I, I didn't think the situation was funny, but I was so nervous that I was like giggling my way through it. Yeah. Just a, like a defense mechanism. Yeah. And I, again, yeah. I was like 20 or something like that. So I definitely yeah. didn't really feel the severity of this. And I, um, didn't really, uh, didn't really feel like I probably needed to be there. Like I didn't, I probably just didn't grasp the entirety of the situation, you know, but I wish I had, and I don't remember that guy's name or what happened to him. I haven't followed up on that at all. Damn. Damn. That's well, the story. Yeah. At least you got some justice out of it. Yeah. I thought you had a I thought you had a wide mouth uh, like Bud Light right there. <laughs> it does look like a Bud Light. Yeah, no, it's a crawl space uh, crawl space merch from the Zazzle store. Some water in there. Oh, Not, that's hilarious. I didn't pour Bud Light in there uh, from a different bottle or can. What about your <laughs> mugging story? You want to share? Ah, uh, my mugging story. Yeah, I could I could do this real quick. I guess um, it's not a quick story, but I can try to do it real quick. Uh, so this happened when I was bartending. Um, I think uh, I think shout out Susan's been waiting a while for this. Yes, she has. So it was back when I was bartending, and I was bringing home a co- well, I was bringing home three coworkers, uh, one female, two males, and for the sake of uh, you know privacy, I'll just say that the two males were were Peter and Paul, and the female was uh, Jennifer. Just for the sake of uh, you know privacy, those are not their real names, but uh, for the story, that's what we're gonna go with. So Peter and Paul, they're a couple, and they live together in South Boston, and they lived next to the Andrews Square T-Stop. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Andrews Square or South Boston. Uh, it, it can, it's, it's, a, it's a nice place, but it can be a little rough sometimes. Um, so I'm driving them back, and, and I'm driving this, uh, this little green Fiat, which belonged to, and I, I hadn't been drinking. No one had been drinking, by the way. It was just like the the end of the shift. I think maybe one of the guys had a, had a beer or something, um, and I was I was actually driving the car because the, we needed space in the car for something. I can't remember what it was, but it, it was uh, it was Jennifer's car that I was driving back. 
And we come up to their apartment, which is right next to the T stop. So if you're looking straight on it from the road, the train stop, the the, uh, the T is the public transit system. So that is on your right. There's a bunch of um, like triple decker apartments and to the left. And then they had kind of a longish type driveway down to their apartment building. And the driveway was probably like... I'd say like 100 feet, maybe 125 feet till we got to to their apartment complex, which was um, essentially like a building that had probably four stories and maybe eight units in it. So not a huge apartment building is what I'm saying. So we come up to the driveway and I'm about to take the right into the driveway and there's a group of guys there and they have bicycles that are on the ground at the entrance to the driveway. And there's there's three three guys who are younger, probably in their like mid twenties. There's one guy who's younger than them, maybe like seventeen or eighteen, and then there's this old guy who who looks like beat up, sweatpants, like stained sweatpants, um, very vagrant like guy. Uh, and he's old. He looks like he's in his 50s. Like what he's doing with these kids is uh, is uh, beyond me. Um, so we we're we're driving. Uh, am I frozen up at all? Am I still going here? No, you're good. You're good. You're you're a white okay, square great. on Facebook, but uh, we can hear you still. Uh, Esther Hilton has called you a shape shifting. But the story's still the story's still alive. Okay, the story's working. Yep. Okay, so. I'm about to take that right. I see these guys there and I see the bicycles. So they're not looking at us. They're like talking amongst themselves. And granted, I'm like literally four feet away from them. And I, and I have my directional light on the cars even kind of like turned where it's clear that we're going into this driveway. So they're not looking and, and we're, we're in the car and we're like, what's going on here. And so I just give the, the horn. It's a Fiat. So it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a threatening horn whatsoever. I give it just a little honk. And they look up and I and I just motion for them. I'm like, I'm going in there. I'm, I'm motioning like I need to get in there. I don't want to run your bikes over. And I actually say that in the car. I'm like, I don't want to run your bikes over. So they kind of laugh and they go and they pick up their bikes and then they leave one there. So then they start talking. There's still a bike in the middle of the uh, driveway. So I, I, I hit the horn again and I'm like, can you get that one too? I don't want to hit it. So they they come over. They slowly get the bike and and they they're like giving us like the stink eye as they're like walking past the car and i drive past them and one of them hits the car with his with his hands with his fist or something so i i kind of yell from the car like hey don't touch the car like get your hands off the car and we drive all the way down to the end of the uh driveway right in front of their apartment and i get out and everybody's getting out and and uh we're looking in the, well before we get out we we're looking in the rearview mirror and we're we we see that they're like eyeing us still so I'm like, okay, well, I'll get out and let's just try to get, let, like, let's get inside and, and see what they do. And then as we're talking about it, like, well, I don't want them to like damage the car at all. And but it was all kind of happening at the same time, our conversation. And then finally we were just like, well, whatever, let's just get out. We get out of the car and I'm looking and they start walking towards us. So I, I remember saying this to the, to the group. I was like, oh, well, they're walking towards us. Oh, I remember there was a bunch of balloons in the car. Because it was, it was. Uh, I'll just say it was Peter's birthday, so there was a bunch of balloons in the car. Okay. So they're getting the balloons out, and I'm like, okay, they're walking towards us, and they approach us, and who appears to be the leader, this kid who's probably like 25 or something, comes up to me and he was like, he's like, uh, you know, what were you, what were you beeping at? And I was like, well, your bikes were in the way. We we just wanted to get past you. I was just dropping them off, dropping these guys off at their house. And he and and he's like kind of getting in my face, but he's kind of smiling and I'm I'm like kind of smiling, too, because I, you know, don't want the situation to escalate. But, you know, I didn't want to get like I didn't want to have like a mad mug on, you know, I so you it was friendly. And yeah, I wasn't mean mugging anybody, <laughs> nor was he. But he was kind of getting, you know, getting in the personal space. And then um, after after a brief conversation, he said, listen, man. You're cool. I'm cool. I've been drinking all night. You've been drinking all night. And I'm like, I haven't been drinking all night. <laughs> and he goes, just give me 40 bucks and we'll get out of here. And I go, I'm not giving you. And I have money on me, um, but I'm like, I'm not giving you $40. 
and he and I'm trying to like walk past him and he's like listen man you don't want any trouble I'm like that's right I don't and I'm not going to give you money and he's like okay you don't want any trouble I don't want any trouble that was his play I guess like me you situation yeah. yeah and he goes 20 bucks and we'll get out of here well 20 bucks and we'll leave you alone and I was like, and I and I laughed because I did think that was funny. And I was like, I'm not giving you money. I'm not <laughs> giving you twenty dollars. Negotiating. Yeah. So in the meantime, I can see over his shoulder, Peter and Paul and Samantha or Jennifer. Samantha's not a real name either. I just accidentally <laughs> said that. <laughs> I'm all over. Um, so there, Peter and Paul are on the stairs to the entrance of their apartment. And I see Jennifer arguing with one of the other guys. And this this kid is still like in my face, like trying to shake me down for twenty dollars. <laughs> so so I see we'll say we'll say Peter pull out his cell phone and he's like and he says, I'm calling the cops. And I, when he said that, I go, oh, no. I like he was two feet from his door. And I, and I was just thinking to myself, get inside and call the cops. Don't pull out your cell. When he pulled out his cell phone, all I thought to myself was, please don't say you're calling the cops. Because I like that. You knew you know, it was like going to escalate at that point? Yes. Yeah. It just, it had that feeling. Mm. Um, and, and so he says that. And one of the other, one of the other guys goes up to him and smacks him. Cell phone goes flying. His glasses go flying. He screams. Jennifer pushes the kid that that was taught like getting in her face he punches her in the face oh my god like full full out like right hook to her face so i push past the guy who is getting like shaking me down and i go over and i i pull him away from jennifer and i kind of put him like throw like kind of pull him aside and he kind of trips and falls to the ground and i go over to the guy who was who just like smacked uh peter Mm-hmm. And and as I'm getting to him, the kid I was talking to jumps on my back. So I I go down on my knees, and the next thing I know, every one of them, including the old guy, is calling me the N word. They're kicking me. I'm just covering up my face, and they're they're kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking. And and they're like, "Stay down, N word. Stay down. Stay down. You don't want to fuck with us." And I'm thinking, like, okay, if they have a knife, like, they're probably going to stick me if, if they have any weapons. Yeah. They didn't have any weapons. But so they're kicking and punching and kicking and punching. I'm like, I got to stop this. So I, 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 like, grab out and I'm, like, pulling at their legs and I'm, like, pulling them down. I'm, like, trying to, like, just do something. So I'm pulling them down. One of them's on my back. So I finally managed to stand up and I, like, kind of throw myself the other way. And, and so it, I, like, I land on the guy who's on my back. And, um, and everything kind of, you know, kind of simmers down a little bit. I kind of get away from them. I forgot why it escalated again, honestly. Like, I don't remember how it escalated again. That's how again. fights happen. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, I think what happened was I rolled off the guy, and then someone else came over and got on top of me. And then it was just, it was like two, it was like the same thing from before. Like, the kicking, the punching, all of them. There was like five or six of them. And... um and I was like pulling them down and they would pop back up and pulling them down and they would pop back up and I would get up. And then, um, and then I, I like pushed them away. And I remember seeing one of them going after Peter in, in between a car and a curb. And I saw him jump at him and, and I saw Peter's face like go down. And, and all I thought like was that this kid is going to just start smashing his head against the curb. Just the way he like like threw him down, and he went down on top of him. So I, I I ran over there and I got like finally like I got the I got this kid in a headlock and I and I was like this is it like I got him, and then someone else jumps on my back. So I had this kid in a headlock. <laughs> this kid jumps on my back, and and when he jumps on my back, the kid in the headlock works his his head down and bites my wrist. So I, he's like he's like chomping on my wrist, Ew. and I know. <laughs> And the kid on my back is like, uh, he's he's like like clawing at me, and I'm like I'm I let go and I pull my hand out and I'm like swinging and I'm trying to like I'm swinging behind me like trying to get this kid off of me, and I and I finally we both fall to the ground, and then he says something which is crazy. He's like 
he's like we got to stop he's like we have to stop my brother's crazy he'll kill everybody we got we have to stop and i'm like i'd love to stop and he's like all right so we stand up there's a me- so this is a melee we stand up and from the apartment that's downstairs comes this guy out the door with a gun and he's like all right this this ends now he's got a gun simultaneously the boston police come around and 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 are flying down the driveway they stop they see a guy with a gun (laughs) the police get out of their cars guns drawn oh my god they're like get on the ground motherfucker get on the ground and we get on the ground and uh so peter and paul Peter and Paul, it was it had rained previously, so it was like wet on the ground. One one of them was like, "Do I get on my stomach or my back?" <laughs> and, and the cops like, "Get on your stomach, motherfucker!" <laughs> and he, so they had their guns drawn. I remember I was on my stomach, and and I look up and I had they had a I had a gun to my head. Like the cops had a gun to my head. Like and um, the poor guy who who came out of the the apartment that was just a BB gun. But the police didn't know that. Yeah. So when they saw him coming out with a gun, they they went into full like you know we have a, a shooter here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so uh, that guy puts his puts his BB gun down. He's like, it's just a pellet gun. It's just a pellet gun. And and the the police like they they back off a little bit. And the guy who came out with the pellet gun started saying like those those guys right there jumped these guys. I saw the whole thing. Uh, we were all technically kind of like detained for the next like half hour or so while they worked through the stories. And then they ran uh, checks, I guess, and realized that these kids had like, this is not their first like rodeo. They, they had priors and they, they were, they were always getting in trouble. So um, they took them away. I really don't know if they got arrested or if they were like, I just know that they separated us and they, they were all of a sudden they weren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, You have got a court notice or anything like that. Oh yeah. Oh, this continues. Oh, okay. So the end of the end, the, so that goes, you know, the night ends, uh, I deny medical treatment. I go into the ambulance and they clean up the, where he bit me and everything. And they, you know, clean it up with, uh, antibiotics and stuff. And, um, but I denied the, the medical treatment cause I really just wanted to go home. It was like one o'clock yeah. in the morning at that point. And I was, I, I had a contact lens that was like punched out of my face. And, uh, so, um, I think it was like uh, maybe seven months later, there was the, the first uh, notice to appear in court for this, um, testify against them. Yeah. Uh, we showed up. Uh, they didn't show up. So it was like thrown. It was dismissed or it was postponed. Like they had an excuse or something why they couldn't show up. Uh, and then they delayed the the trial or whatever it was. They delayed it for like another couple of months. Uh, that time goes by. I show up. Uh, Peter and Paul show up, but the but Jennifer doesn't show up, mm-hmm. which is fine. They didn't need all of us there. And I was like ready. I was ready to go in there and just like shut them down and say, you know, give my whole account. And the prosecutor who was assigned to our case came into the room because we were we were in a uh, like a little conference room. He came into the room to meet with us, and he said, he, he was like, I really want to get these guys. I've been working on getting these guys for a long time, but I don't know if I can do it with this. Uh, and and he showed us a, a folder, and he's like, I think you guys have to plead the fifth on this. And and we he opened up the folder and showed us pictures. So they had taken pictures of damage that was done to them in the fight. Oh, God. Yeah. And we had pictures of damage that was to us, but... They had pictures of damage that was done to their personal being yeah. in the fight, and and he was like, "This is how they get out of it every time. Ugh. Like they, there's a there's a fine line between when when you stop defending and you start uh, being more of the aggressor. And yeah. what they're gonna say is that this was just a, a a drunken argument, people getting out of bars, a drunken argument, and some you know, even though someone pushed somebody." Instead of you guys walking away from the situation, you guys actually started fighting back. And at that point, you're not going to convict them. And you might end up, he was like, this is what will happen. You'll end up um, incriminating yourself. The judge will dismiss it. They'll go downstairs and file a suit against you. Right. Wow. And I was like, seriously? So we, we went in there 
And I could tell that the prosecutor was so pissed. He was like, you have to go plead the... He's like, you don't have to, but he's like, I recommend you plead the fifth unless you want this to turn into something that's going to last, like, the rest of your life. And I was like... Ugh. So the judge uh, the judge was like, how do you guys plead? And I was like, I plead the fifth. And they walked out of there, too. Wow. Just like we did. Jeez. Yeah. No justice. Justice for Lance. Fudge. Zero. My gosh. Michelle uh, uh, yeah. Kazuba says, that is a wild story, Lance. And uh, the good news, you have been on video for like the last 15 minutes. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's worked. So, yep, that, that's my mugging story. I really All wanted right. to make it shorter, but geez, Well, that was tough. pretty, yeah, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was a long tease, so uh, I think that was a good, good way to share on this first uh, episode of the Gossip Pod, which is going to be dropped into the Crawl Space feed. Um, hopefully we do an, an extra episode per week, one of these Gossip Pod shows. It's kind of fun. And we can uh, connect a little bit more, you know? And uh, Lance, before we go, we have to mention Brianna Maitland um, because 16 years ago today, she went missing in Montgomery, Vermont, March 19th, 2004. Brianna Maitland, she was 17 years old at the time. And uh, of course, we're uh, very entrenched in this case um, emotionally as well as, you know, we've, we've covered the case a lot, maybe like 15 episodes or something like that. You can find those episodes on both the Crawl Space feeds and the Missing Maura Murray feeds. Um, Chloe yeah. Cantor in the chat room as well has, uh, you know, devoted a lot of time to this as well and knows this case backwards and forwards. Yeah, and Chloe's established relationships with... Um with Brianna's friends from back in, you know, the early two thousands and, and with, uh, Bruce Maitland as well. And, uh, we've been involved with Bruce Maitland's nonprofit. So because he's missing, uh, his daughter, and this is something that's been with him for, you know, since 2004. So it's been with him for 16 years. He's making attempts to turn this into something, uh, more of a positive, something where he can do some good and uh, private investigations for the missing is a nonprofit organization that we are on the board with Michelle. So congrats to Michelle for being on the board of uh, PIs for the missing. And what they do is uh, we're trying to um, provide resources and funding for families who need to hire private investigators because the cases are so cold and, and their loved ones are still missing and law enforcement just doesn't have you know resources to match that. So uh, that is what Bruce is trying to do. And if you uh, go to investigationsforthemissing.org, you'll get all of the information there and you'll see a video that was produced by our good buddy, Jennifer Amell. Uh, this is Bruce Maitland and it's his, uh, it's his mission statement on video, which is um, incredible to watch. Uh, yeah. Bruce really wears a lot of emotion on his sleeve for this, which is un atypical for him. Um, and yeah, it's a good organization and, and yeah, good, uh, good shout out because Today is the day that she disappeared under horrible and uh, mysterious circumstances. Suspicious, yeah, to say the least yeah. as well. And, um, you know, we if you've listened to the series, you know, we have uh, some friends who are private investigators who work on the case, that being uh, Greg Overacker and Lou Barry. And um, we're going to have them back into the studio or maybe virtually um, very soon to talk about a different case that they're working for private investigations for the missing. But there is some some great news in that case or at least promising i will say news that we can't really share about the brianna maitland case but things are happening behind the scenes and this is actually a time to be optimistic um about that case so that's very exciting because i don't know that you know that's really truly been the case at, at any point since we've been covering it so um that's kind of cool in this in this crazy moment i can't really say more though yeah yeah it feels like in the past it's been a lot of uh sort of you know like the hamster in the wheel where you think you think something's happening you think something's happening but it's not really going anywhere and it sort of hits the same brick wall uh that does not feel like that's the case with what's happening at this time so more on that as soon as we can um and also lance uh before we uh end this gossip pod here uh just oh i didn't think we we're ever ending I thought this was <laughs> it's it a marathon this is life. It's a quarantine yeah quarantine cast marathon yeah <laughs> it's like the it's like the telethon it's a, a Potathon, <laughs> Potathon, and um, so Lance, the Gardner heist happened thirty years ago yesterday. Uh, that would be—I haven't heard of this. Yeah, yes, you have. 
That would be at uh, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum um, in Boston, Massachusetts. And of course, we covered this this heist for the uh, the podcast Empty Frames. And we are coming back for a season three. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we're working on season three. Uh, I know there's probably close to a million or two million people that are waiting on season three uh, impatiently. They're frothing at the, yeah, at least four or five million. Uh, yeah. They're frothing at the bit for it. Uh, <laughs> froth is forming at the bit. And uh, yeah, so season one was exclusively about the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist, uh, the greatest uh, personal property heist in American history, if not world history. I think world history, yeah. Yeah, uh, all of the all of the pieces of art are uh, like sort of uh, estimated value is depending on who you talk to is five hundred million dollars up to a billion dollars. Uh, some say that the concert by Vermeer is single, like alone, is five hundred million dollars. Uh, and then there's the only seascape by Rembrandt, um, Storm on the Sea of Galilee. Followed by, you know, a bunch of others. Uh, wonderful. 13. Yeah, total. wonderful, wonderful uh, artworks. Degas has a, a few sketches in there. I love the the Che Tortoni. Che Tortoni. You're, you're a big Che Tortoni That's guy. That's a great painting. Um, very, uh, <laughs> it's quite a shame that it got stolen and we can't see it. Would love that artwork to be returned to the museum, Lance. And part of our season three, we'll be, we will be talking, discussing, roundtabling, some ideas on how the hell to make that happen because you know interestingly if you're well versed in the case or, or ca- i should say caught up on all things gardner heist um you you'll recognize there's been a little bit of a rift lately in some of the people who work for the museum and some of the people who um think the reward uh should be structured a little bit differently and i can't help but uh, agree 100 percent that the reward structure as it currently is is a bit absurd to me um, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and the structure is, is, so it's $10 million reward, but as it stands, you need all 13 pieces of artwork. So in, I, in reasonable condition. Yeah. Yeah. All of them together. So that's weird to me. So, so yeah. some of the, our friend Turbo Paul Hendry, he says that a price list would be the way to go. And, and how can you disagree? The only thing I can really I can combat that with is the police or the feds or, or the museum or whoever must be pretty sure that the artwork is still all together for them to have that kind of reward. It's either that or like, as some people will say, they're actually trying to squeeze whoever has the paintings and they're going to arrest them. But I don't really believe that now because it's been so long, 30 years. I think they want the artwork back and I think they believe it's all still together. But I think that reward um, structure is faulty. Yeah, the reward structure is definitely faulty. And, um, you know, the the alternative view on that is a slightly controversial view, which is the they don't want the artwork back, which is why they structured the return to be almost impossible from the get-go. They know it's impossible that it's going to be, the artwork is going to be returned in good condition because they the artwork was not stolen in a manner where it would uh, leave the art in good condition. They cut them out of the frames. Yeah. So therefore, you've already started uh, your recovery effort behind the eight ball on that because they're not in good condition. You know they're not because you're looking at <laughs> you're looking at the borders of them still in the frames. So they've been cut out. They're not in good condition. There's paint chips everywhere when when they were stolen. So uh, reasonable condition maybe. Yeah. But. The fact, like the odds of them still being together after thirty years, is slim. I don't know the odds of them. I the odds of them. Well, I mean, I think the longer it goes on, or there's probably a period of time where where certain ones were dealt back and forth. My long point is that the more time that goes on, you should look at your recovery effort uh, structure and say this hasn't worked for you know this hasn't worked for twenty years, twenty five years, or however long it was in place. I think the when the the first reward was like fifteen years, twenty years ago for uh 10 or 5 million dollars and then they upped it then they took it away then they brought it back yeah uh it's 10 million dollars i think still Ooh. but if you're if you keep manipulating the 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 amount and you put it out there you take it away why not look at it the structure itself and and look at this reasonable alternative that Paul Hendry has come up with which is a price list 
and and the statute of limitations is over. You're probably not going to get in trouble for this if you just send it. Send send it to the museum. Send them one thing. Send them one thing, and that that'll be that'll that'll be good enough. Figure out a way where the payment happens. Send them one thing, and then that will that that will roll over into the other ones. If people can see that they can send it in, get the reward, and and you sort of wash your hands of it. I mean, it's going to be cultural folklore anyway, so you might as well might as well give it somewhat of a happy ending. And if you're able to make some money off of it, then make some money off of it. But you're where you are right is that the museum does want the paintings back. Oh, I did. Was there something confusing? Everything I said there was right. Was it? Were you confused about something? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I believe they do, you know, and I think they think they're together. And I do, I do think there's a good chance that they are still all together because none of them have surfaced. Um, but that's just my, uh, my, my thinking, you know, because so many people did uh, most likely get whacked um, over these paintings that uh, they were, they, you know, someone probably got killed before uh showing someone else where they are or something like that like that that is my behind the wall my fear not your fear yeah no my my fear is that they were did you just ask me what my fear was on this yeah because that that's my fear that that the only person who knows where they are is dead my fear is that they realized early on how hot these things were and they just sunk them in the water yeah Oh man! Yeah, that they that yeah that well that's my fear is that they're yeah. like we just we can't have anything to do with these things, it because once once that once it reaches that ridiculous value, and it's got that notoriety, you can't even use that as that you know proverbial bargaining chip that we were talking about. It's so hot, right? I mean, they clearly tried to do, manipulate the the reward uh, for those purposes to try to shake something loose. Like I don't see the harm in trying this price list now. Um, it does seem like the Gardner Museum doesn't want to give credit to anybody but the Gardner Museum or the FBI. Um, and look, don't call it the turbo plan. It's that simple. Just do it, though. Don't be stubborn yeah. and uh, old school about it. You want to switch something up, go for it. The longer it goes on, the more it makes the museum and yeah. members of the recovery team look like they're preventing a return because right. they feel like it's profiting the museum to not have those paintings or it's and ego this is not me talking i'm saying that is the those are the optics and that's unfortunate a lot of people are saying that oh they would never want them back because what would that do it'd be a brief a lot of people think that the museum thinks all it would be is a brief increase of of uh of museum goers to see them returned in the frames and then it would die off whereas them being out of the frames and still missing is just an it's a continual money stream. You can get a podcast out of it. You can get a documentary out of it, books, and you can control the narrative to the whole thing. Okay, so on one side, paintings are returned. More museum um, goers, and to a certain point at least, or the paintings never come back, and they can make money uh, on this this heist walk thing that they've rolled out just in the past few days, which is uh, kind of absurd to me, but... Um, where you hear uh, the museum director in your ear and he explains to you the route uh, that the thieves took. In theory, it's cool. Um, but It's immersive. It, but Well, it is. In theory, I really love it, actually. I just think they um, you know, were uh, almost pressured into, into doing something like that. We're in Boston. We understand Boston mentality. We understand that a lot of things in Boston have a sports comparison to them. <laughs> and the best comparison here is if you were coaching the Patriots or the <coughs> oh, Jesus, sorry. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm good. Okay. If you were coaching one of the major sports teams here, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> and you hadn't won a playoff game, I think that's where you're going with that. You would be let go and not still have the job. Um, that's that's true. Yeah. My God. Well, I mean, the yeah, the comparison isn't. Totally Dying. fair, I don't think, either, though, because um, not that winning a, fo- a playoff game in football is easy, but I think this, like, solving this heist, it's not because, it's not from lack of effort, I will say. It's definitely because it's really hard, <laughs> you know? Like, some, some cases are easier we've... than others. Like, we, we talked to Cloyd Steiger the other day. Gary Jean Grant confessed after he was questioned, like, 
what the like that that's easy when it gets to that point you know like no one's ever come forth like that with the Gardner heist you know and you, we can obviously talk about Maura Murray and Brianna Maitland as well and these in these same ways all these unsolved ones you know some of the solved ones yeah. are just a little easier <clears throat> excuse me uh apologies for that um bit of uh close death that I just experienced actually they're, um, they're loving it in the chat room they're saying oh good yeah, good they're saying more uh-huh more more uh <laughs> <laughs> More, more uncontrollable coughing. Um, yeah, to your point, no one has. We've had uh, Whitey Bulger in prison, Robert Gentile, right? Two names that were connected to this, and and others who are in prison, and nothing's come of it. No one's ever. There's been no story. No one's ever tried to make a connection in order to reduce a sentence. Uh, we've heard that people have had their sentences reduced, but we heard the reason why they probably had their sentence reduced and it didn't have to do with the gardener. Well, I will say there's there's some potential that uh, there was an attempt at that, um, at getting a lesser sentence with um, with some of those uh, stolen paintings. Um, I believe that connection would have been Bobby Donati and Vincent Ferrara, who was in prison right. at the time. Um, and they have him, you know, they have him on prison audio saying he's, he's got something that could get him out. So I, I really think that he did do the, the heist, Bobby Donati, that is, and, um, got whacked. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. I think you he heard it here. I think he got whacked. I don't know if he had passed them along before that or what, but he was found dead, shot, and I believe strangled. Stabbed. Stabbed. And, uh, in his, in the trunk of his car about a year after yeah. the heist. Hey, these guys get themselves into some pretty bad. Uh, they get their fingers into some pretty bad pies. Yeah, it's probably a number of. It could have been uh, the gardener plus a couple of other things. Yeah, that that you know he had it coming to him in those circles. But oh, I, I just think that um, the price. Li- this is the time for the, for this price list. Like uh, the quarantine's happening. Like <laughs> you know, if 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 someone's got the eagle finial, like may, you know, drop it off. Make a call anonymous email you know if someone's got yeah. a Degas sketch out there like if this stuff is separated now is the time to do the price list because someone can cash in on that now during this time where maybe they can't even work oh, send it self-addressed stamped envelope to wormtown usa <laughs> attention crawl space the worm okay, will get it to us <laughs> safely okay everybody thank you very much for listening to this live gossip pod we will be back next week or shit maybe even tomorrow maybe yeah, we might be back tomorrow. You know what, guys? I'm gonna one more quick thing. Yes, one more quick thing. Uh, there's a number that's been in my head. It's a, I told you this. A so hundred seconds. All you have to do is take a hundred seconds out of your day. Wash your hands five times for twenty seconds, and just don't don't go to a beach. You know, don't, don't go anywhere if you don't have to. Yeah, don't go anywhere. Although if someone's around Boston, I need some some uh, some green peppers and a couple of of veggies we'll just get delivery stir fry yeah just get delivery <laughs> all right everybody thank you very much for uh for watching the live gossip pod on facebook live we will be back with more have a good one everybody